0: And we are rolling. We are not live right now. We are pre-recording this. This is a special episode of Shifty Perspective. I am unavailable to do the podcast this weekend due to other commitments. So we have a special alternative brought to you by Miss Sydney Waldner.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: So Sydney is going to be uh, asking me some questions, I believe.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be asking you loads of different questions. They're going to start off really easy, and they're going to get more complex, just for a way for your listeners to kind of get a brief understanding of you.
0: An interview with the me, interviewer, Ash yeah. Shifty. Okay. <laughs> well, over to you.
1: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like I said, it starts really simple. The first one is, what is your name?
0: My name is Ash Clatworthy.
1: And where are you from?
0: I'm from the United Kingdom.
1: Where do you currently live?
0: I currently live in the Netherlands.
1: And what do you do for work in the Netherlands?
0: I am a entrepreneur. I have a number of different businesses, ranging from uh, businesses in the CBD industry, microdosing, um, property, investments, cryptocurrency, a range of things.
1: Nice. And what do you love most about your job?
0: I love, I love being my own boss. Um, I've worked a load of shitty jobs and I really, really hated having to do stuff I hate and didn't like and make someone else rich.
1: Good answer. Uh, What do you do, not for work, but like for the world? Like what, what do you do?
0: For the world?
1: Yeah. You know, like, oh, what do you do for work? But like, what do you do not for work?
0: Oh, do you mean like hobbies? Sure. Well, hobbies, um, (laughs) yeah, as you might get a bit of a theme from Shifty Perspective, I'm passionate about a number of things, including, uh, but not limited to, martial arts, so Brazilian jiu-jitsu, of course, something which has really, really, uh, like, like changed my life for the better, you know, um, given me some dedication, um, centred me a lot. Um, I'm into yoga, kickboxing, MMA, wrestling, so yeah, anything that involves grappling and things like that. I love to surf and to ski.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love to climb. I go bouldering. Uh, try to go two or three times a week. Um, yeah, that's my main. That those are my main hobbies, and of course, spending time with my dog. Like I'm an animal, an animal freak. I yep. absolutely love, love animals. My dog Odin, particularly, he is the best in the world.
1: Well, I have a question about Odin later on, but I guess we'll get it out of the way right away. Okay. Tell me about Odin and your history with him <laughs> and all the adventures you guys have been on in the past eight and a half years. Just your. From, from the first day you met him to today, tell me about Odin.
0: Odin came into my life after some some difficult times and I was a bit lost. I was living uh, on the road, living in a van I, and I had just started my festival business and um, A friend of mine in Spain contacted me. I was working in Portugal and a friend of mine in Spain contacted me and said to me that she just found a dog abandoned in the river and that a number of dogs had been abandoned there and they died, Mm. but this one had survived. So I packed my bag and I left the festival, drove all the way to Spain, picked him up, and yeah, it was kind of love at first sight.
1: Were you looking for a dog at that point? Like, were you, were, it, did you have in your brain that you wanted to get a dog or did it just happen? Yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: I'd, I'd said previously I wanted a dog and I'd actually mm-hmm. been offered a couple of dogs. And oh. I just didn't, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Cause mm-hmm. I wasn't like particularly, it wasn't that, that Odin was the breed I wanted because he's a yeah. mongrel, you know? But um, <laughs> yeah, I just, it, it was the right time. And uh, I got him and he spent, he spent all of his time with me he spent what eight and a half years now uh 24 different countries i believe at least all over the world we've driven from canada all the way down canada through the states down through mexico together um we've experienced so many he's seen me at my highest and at my lowest um when he was about a year old, somebody stood on him. We were at a Technivore, a French tech, and somebody stood on him. And uh, maybe he wasn't even a year; eight months old, and he broke his leg really badly. Mm. Um, a guy stood on him. We didn't realize it was broken, and basically, I took him to the vets a bit later because he was like limping and stuff. And they said it was broke, but it would heal. It didn't ever heal correctly. And then uh, one day he saw my friend, got excited, jumped up, and put his weight onto the wrong leg, and it snapped. And Yeah, he broke his leg so badly that Mm. uh, they said the best thing was for it to uh, get amputated. So that is now he's a badass tripod with three legs (laughs) and, you know, runs fast, hops around and, yeah, he's still going strong. Took him to the vets last week for his, uh, for a checkup and they said, yeah, he's healthy. He still seems young, Um, you know, he runs, he climbs, not like... Rock climbing, obviously. <laughs> like, uh, you know, climbs up when we go hiking. Climbs up. Well, he up was mountains. climbing up
1: some rocks in Portugal the that's other true. week. Yeah, yeah. He was he... going up just as fast as I was going up some rocks.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So hopefully he's got a bunch of life left in him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So how is having Odin and being such a get- dedicated, like, dad to him, how has that changed your life? Because <sighs> your life would not be the same if no. you didn't have him, honestly
0: no it's given me a sense of responsibility that Mm. i can only assume having a a a human baby would have um as well but you know more
1: more responsibility Um,
0: yeah the only difference is with a human and a dog is a dog never grows up it's always a baby so Mm. my life changed because like everything i do i have to think like oh if i want to go to this party can they take dogs if i want to go to this place or this country can i bring him can i fly Mm -hmm. here if i don't No, I can't go away for long because I don't, you know, I don't want to leave him for long and he has attachment issues.
1: He's got really bad separation anxiety from Mm -hmm. being with you like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, his whole life. So yeah, that is something he definitely suffers with and you can see it. So every time we go to a bar, we always have to call them up first and be like, hey, can we bring our dog? Yeah. See what they say, but hmm. so you visited 20, how many countries with him? 24 countries. 24 countries. How many countries have you visited alone?
0: Oh, holy shit. Um,
1: (laughs) Do you even have a number? No. No no idea. I
0: could probably work it out, but I wouldn't waste time of podcast viewers right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what was the first and last country you visited?
0: The first country I visited was Australia. Mm Mm-hmm. So with your nan? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would never uh, I never visited anywhere abroad. Never went on holiday with my family. Um, You know we just couldn't afford it really. We you know we we'd holiday in Wales or in Devon and stuff, in caravans. But my nan had a uh, divorce, and when she got divorced, she uh, well first of all she went off backpacking herself around India, which was really fucking cool. And then when she came back, um, she surprised me and took me out of school for a month and took me to Australia, where I got to experience all of yeah Australia's crazy wilderness amazing um, how
1: old were you did you say young,
0: young. <laughs> yeah like how young, young do you like, think? No, like eight, I think wow so we pulled um, out of school for a month mm-hmm. as an eight-year-old to go yep. with
1: your nan to australia quite it's cool as yeah, far, yeah really cool um and what about the last country you've been to well
0: the last country i've been to is portugal mm-hmm. uh which is a beautiful country i love it i've spent a lot of time there uh, many many months in portugal in total in mm-hmm. my life um Where I've been surfing, working, training jiu-jitsu, climbing, looking at properties to um, set up the uh, project that I'm looking at doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been great.
1: Great. And what country or countries do you think are your favorite? If you can pick one, pick one. But if you can't, say which ones are your favorite.
0: Hmm. I've got quite a few for different reasons.
1: Yeah, name them. Talk about them.
0: Um, I love... Mexico Viva Mexico Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of people there that I'm really close to that I care about a lot and and I miss Um, And it's a beautiful place. I love the jungles. I love Oaxaca Mazunte and I love Mexico City. It's just amazing. Like I I love Mexico. Mm -hmm. I love Canada uh, BC Mm -hmm. British Columbia Um, It's my home from home. You know, it's like Again people that I love so much there that I just miss like every day i think yeah. about um i really really yeah miss them a lot and i for the nature it's just stunning mm. um and then i love portugal uh, for aspects of it uh, i love morocco i've been there many many times and it's beautiful i love the moroccan people you spend um, a lot of time in morocco mm-hmm.
1: right? you've been back and forth a lot over yeah. the years
0: so many times to morocco mm. yeah and i, I love the the berber people i love Mm. their ferocity i love the riffian people i love the Tuaregs. i love yeah yeah all of the moroccans uh yeah respect to my moroccan (laughs) brethren you know
1: nice um where do you see yourself in the next five years it's kind of a big question because it's hard to say but
0: um where do i see myself in the next five years Mm mm-hmm like (laughs) i just i just can't honestly answer that because if i would have said would i be here five years ago or if i would have said where i would see Mm -hmm. myself five years before i would be in a different place to where i actually was so i really really can't can't answer that but where would i like to see myself
1: yeah that's a better way to put it where would you like to see yourself in five years where would you like your life to look like then
0: I'd like to see myself as healthy as I am now mm-hmm. and I'd like to see myself biologically younger than I am now Yeah, which is seems unlikely but is possible mm-hmm. and I believe it is going to happen
1: so what are you going to do to try and achieve that what, what kind of methods and practices are you going to partake in
0: um, NAD lots and lots of NAD I've had uh, Dr Nicola Conlon on the podcast mm-hmm. previously speaking about that um, yeah I take NAD daily, but I would look at getting uh, intravenous NAD fusion therapy at some point. Uh, possibly stem cell treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, I there's a various various other uh, treatments and supplements that I take, and the main the main thing is keeping up an active lifestyle, mm-hmm. keeping up my. Um, a healthy living you know not sliding back into eating carbs and junk mm-hmm. food and and drinking every day although i'm drinking a whiskey now <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah um
1: and i guess also keeping your mental health in check and like keeping stress levels down as much as you can that probably plays into it as well
0: yeah i mean i th- I feel i thrive on stress i <laughs> like to some extent
1: <laughs> Can I to elaborate um, on that
0: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. i always live a high stress lifestyle and mm-hmm. not in a sense that i'm complaining about being stressed like I, I just take on a lot of things. You know, anyone who knows me knows yeah, I've got, you, you know, seven or eight companies and like, and I'm setting up projects and charities and like just loads of shit as much as I can do. Um, and then every hobby that I start enjoying, I just want to do that yeah. all the time. so it's like, I want to you know, just like ski all the time and surf and do jujitsu and like, you know, like, ah, God, it's just not enough time in, in this life. So there's lots of stress in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I thrive off it, and you know I've had um, biological. I've had got I've had tests with see my biological markers, and one of the things that came up I, I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but um, when the functional medicine doctor analysed all of my blood work and my hormones, they s- discovered that one of the things I have is that um, I have elevated levels of dopamine and certain other neurotransmitters, and my body is actually in an optimised when it's in a slightly stes- uh, stressed state
1: so weird so but, bizarre
0: i mean I, it, it, it's true it for everyone i mean in some to some extent we just it's the wrong kind of stress because like you know a healthy living and longevity comes from uh, things like sauna and uh, like i do cryotherapy, cryotherapy yeah. What did you think? You know, like being and plunging yourself into an ice bath that kind of thing and what that is that creates you know, heat shock proteins or cold shock proteins, which are a form of stress, they're stress markers and they're inflammatory mm. stress markers. Um, so in, inflammation is what causes diseases, you know, and often is one of the main causes of us dying mm. as we get old, you know, our cells stop reproducing and stop healing. But if we have inflammatory, uh, certainly the, certain triggers like like saunas, then what these do, these are stress markers which make our body feel under stress and under attack, um, but not too much. to to make it heal accelerate healing and um, create cell repair and stimulate cell growth
1: is that like both the cryotherapy and the sauna does like the same thing Uh, one does
0: heat shock proteins and that's from when you're exposed to extreme heat mm -hmm. and one does cold shock proteins and that's uh, when you are exposed to extreme cold
1: i'm pretty sure one time you mentioned that um going in a sauna makes you release something that some people actually release naturally Mm-hmm. And that's why some people actually live until they're like over a hundred years old, and some most people don't.
0: Yeah, that's. Um, what
1: is that? What is the thing that they release?
0: So that's most, um, not most. Uh, there was a study done with looking at a number of centennials so people who lived to hundred years old, mm-hmm. and they found the common factor in those people. The most common biological factor was that they each uh, naturally released these heat shock proteins without the need of extreme heat. So these proteins that only get uh, these inflammatory markers that only get triggered by um by heat normally in most people so sauna these mm-hmm. people would release it without any of that so yeah it's quite quite interesting that
1: was quite interesting um how and when did you become an activist for both cbd and psychedelics
0: wow when i first got high man <laughs> <laughs> um, when did i first become an activist um Uh, i mean i don't know
1: like how like like what was the train of events um can you remember like in the beginning when you first learned about cbd and when you first like started really like getting interested in the world of psychedelics like what what happened there
0: it's just like i mean even smoking weed which i don't do now but you know even as a teenager like when you first start smoking weed and you realize you're like shit I, i've been lied to you know i've been told that i'm just like a, you're just instantly a drug addict and that you're, you know like weed's a gateway drug and mm. like it, it eventually leads to heroin addiction or like just all these complete bullshit yeah. scare tactics used fear-based um, things and then once i like i smoke weed and then once i realized that like how especially in the uk how people are criminalized for it mm. and i just i couldn't make like i I couldn't make a logical connection, uh, so like I would even even yeah in my I guess late teen years, I would see like I could you know understand that somebody kills somebody like like they're a criminal. something somebody steals from somebody that they're a criminal. You know somebody commits like what I consider you know the crimes. You can see e- even even there are crimes that I'm not necessarily against, but I understand what makes them. A criminal. Mm-hmm. However, like I just couldn't see that. Like someone who you know works, pays their taxes, uh, does everything correctly, has kids, you know, puts them in school, teaches them, gives them love, does everything correct, but they choose. To, and this isn't just weed. This is with, with all drugs, yeah. they choose to consume a product. Um, and of course, there's the argument like about you know cocaine and the the the, the supporting of criminal enterprises. So therefore, the person buying it is a criminal. However. Mm. The fact is there's only criminal enterprises there in the first place because it's illegal so if it wasn't illegal they wouldn't be criminal enterprises so therefore those people wouldn't be criminals and if they weren't buying from drug dealers who are only selling it illegally because it's illegal then they wouldn't be criminals so there's just to me that there's no logical argument about criminalizing users so that was absurd to me and when i um when i would meet people who had been to prison or who had been super smart um you know like interesting passionate lovely people um whose lives have been ruined because they chose to take drugs or they chose to grow weed or even sell weed um i was like this is fucked this is just, just ridiculous so yeah mm. I, you know I, I i started then in my pursuit of activism and seeing what i could do
1: great that's great and now you work in the cbd in the psychedelic um industry and now you've made an actual life out of it, now you're actually going forward and helping other people mm-hmm. see where like your perspective on it yeah and so, now uh,
0: it's yeah, it's like I don't have to operate in the shadows, I'm doing yeah. everything uh, you know thank thank thankfully, I'm in the Netherlands mm-hmm. where it's a, a very a very place. progressive yeah progressive yeah. country where I can like i mean that might be changing sadly, however, like in the moment, it's so progressive, you know like. My people have been microdosing for years for decades mm-hmm. people have been you know smoking weed and doing psychedelics for thousands of years yeah. thousands of years like mm-hmm. you know there's 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 um gen- not genetic there's actual um records traces of uh, cannabis inside of biblical sites mm-hmm. and around ceremonies they found this in the past you know, year they found like uh they've managed to like actually prove genetically with DNA that it's still there and there's also proof of um, psychedelics being used in rituals and ceremonies for thousands of years Mm -hmm. so it's great that I can be here and not operate in the shadows whereas you know my friends and my loved ones in the UK who even want to just like (laughs) unwind and smoke a joint instead of going to the pub and getting fucked up and killing themselves with alcohol they just want to unwind and do something which literally apart from the smoking aspect of it is pretty much harmless
1: so talking about psychedelics, um, and drugs and drug awareness, um, kind of a fun question. What is a positive psychedelic experience that sticks out in your mind?
0: A positive psychedelic experience that sticks yeah. out in my mind. Hmm. Well, that's been quite a lot of them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: what's one that th- just comes to mind?
0: My first uh, DMT experience, absolutely, without a doubt, um, yeah i was in spain in lying in a hammock and i you know i'd recently just moved to spain and my head was in a bit of a mess um wasn't sure what was going on in my life and i, I just you know you know it's not that i was a bad person um uh, it's not that i had like bad thoughts but there were definitely issues within my mind which would i you know i didn't all aspects of myself i didn't like so Yeah, I smoked some DMT, you know, I led in a hammock in the south of Spain and smoked some DMT. And as I was looking... (laughs) Okay, so this is really hard to... I've never never really explained this much to anybody else, especially nothing public, but... I never experienced DMT. For anyone that doesn't know, you know, dimethyltryptamine is pretty much the most powerful um, psychedelic um, hallucinogen in the world. It's uh, found in almost all living things. It's in our brains. We release it when we dream. Release it when we die. When we we're born. Um, it's a super, super powerful uh, psychedelic, um, but it's extremely short-lasting. Your uh, when when you smoke it, unless you take it with a, a meao inhibitor. Um, it it lasts like five minutes ten minutes Mm. so
1: but it's very very intense
0: extremely intense Mm. um and it's not like any drug you can imagine you know it's there's no like you no comparison there's there's no possible way of doing it recreationally like because you just you just lose you just lose yourself like there's Mm. there's ego death they call it which um it's hard to explain to anybody, uh, like not being patronizing, you know, just like mm-hmm. unless you experience it, it's insane. Um,
1: it's very hard to describe. Unlike, yeah. you know, LSD or mushrooms, you can kind of like pinpoint certain symptoms and stuff and you can, uh, you know, rem- like sometimes you can smoke DMT and you cannot even recall mm-hmm. what happened because it's just so intense. that Your brain just, yeah, yeah. it's very, very hard to explain it or categorize it.
0: I, I just remember, uh yeah, lying in this hammock and I smoked and I inhaled and I wanted to cough, but I was told to not cough. Mm-hmm. So I held it in. And then as I breathed out, I was looking down, and uh, I looked at the grass, and I could see all of the blades of grass. And my vision started focusing on the blades of grass, and then I started zooming in, and, I, and instead of looking out my eyes and seeing the periphery, I just saw out of everything, as if I was just everything. And I zoomed in to the grass, and I could see like creatures on the grass, and as this was happening, it got closer and closer until the grass, uh, the blade of grass that i was looking at started to I, I zoomed into it on a microscopic level and i could see like these strands like the hair in the grass and then as yeah. i zoomed in even further like i couldn't see anything else around me it was just eventually it was just what i saw were the atomic the atoms shooting mm. around at the structure of the grass essentially i just saw it in its base uh base element i mean that's the simplest way of mm, describing okay. that trip but it was far more complex really mm-hmm. than that and it went on a lot longer than it seemed even though i had no concept of time really um yeah
1: because when you smoke dmt you kind of just like lose like all your grounding and, and all your like human emotions and i time was no more yeah you, you i
0: was just in the ether and mm. whilst i was in this i was seeing like just this multi-dimensional patterns and everything else around me and uh I can't, it's not that I had direct thoughts that I can remember, mm-hmm. but it was as I came ar- around, I had like answers, you know, like like I'd addressed problems in that time, in that five minutes, suddenly it was like I'd spent hours, you know, going through therapy and literally, like without even thinking about the things, um, I mean the closest thing to it now is like meditation or jiu-jitsu like jujitsu, you know I can go in a bad mood and be angry about something at uh, jiu and then I go rolling and I'm in a flow state And then when I come out my subconscious has dealt with all of these problems And I've actually without even really thinking about it. I have the solutions and you know I'm, I've obviously gone through some kind of thought process in my subconscious uh, DMT is like that but times a thousand so yeah
1: beautiful was that maybe in the beginning of your like first experiences with psychedelics or had you had a lot of previous experience before trying dmt for the first time
0: i'd um tried magic mushrooms a couple of times mm. for fun you know nothing really i mean i had some profound experiences but it was just you know with your mates giggling eating mushrooms in the woods when you're younger yeah, and you're, you like, know, trying
1: psychedelics it's a lot different yeah um, you don't have as much things to think no. about and that's why
0: like i feel like as you get older like mm. it's a lot more di- it's a lot difficult um it can be way more profound but it mm. also can be a lot more scary because you because you know when you're younger you don't you, you don't have the pressure and stress of all of these things that are weighing in you on your subconscious you, know, and you really. don't yet
1: have the capacity Mm-mm. either
0: no yeah your brain brain's
1: not fully developed you have less experience behind you you have less things to think about yeah know.
0: i i've mm. i'd uh i tried acid i like um lsd just before in fact yeah the yeah just just before doing the dmt Mm -hmm. i'd experienced uh acid um but not loads i mean i for someone that is a huge proponent of psychedelics and you know tries to like encourage the legalization and the use of psychedelics as a form of therapy and medicine and um as a ceremonial way of like uh yeah dealing with issues and and being introspective i haven't used psychedelics nearly as much as most people would think that i have Mm -hmm. you know yeah i've never been like a like a weekend tripper and stuff i'm never like just like it's been special to Mm. me i have pushed it and had bad trips where i've been stupid and taken you know too much of a psychedelic but really i like i've been very very careful with 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 these because you know they're extremely powerful compounds Mm, so you have to be yeah you do some people aren't obviously yeah (laughs) i got friends uh, not naming any names but i'm sure (laughs) if you're listening you know who you are who uh who like to you know push push that uh push the boundaries of the consciousness and the real (laughs) universe
1: lovely um let's talk about chris lamb tell everyone that doesn't know what chris lamb or know about it. Tell them what it is, <laughs> and how running a tent at multiple festivals over the years has affected you, and all the people involved. Just talk about it for a minute.
0: Crusalam, here it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you got a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. So Crusalam was my dream, my baby. Aww. Um, is is Still. yeah. Still, but just you know, it's a baby in hibernation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crusalam uh was founded uh, by me and a couple of friends first of all at a free festival dragon festival in spain um i had no money and i wanted to leave and travel and do festivals so started off with a load of moroccan mats and lamps that i had set up a little i guess illegal bar you know like just a little it was a free festival so it wasn't illegal as such but it was just like i Just on the side of the hot springs, I set up a little bar, jam area, where I would play guitar and and I would buy cans of beer and sell them for a profit. And I made my own vodka, like I I bought bottles of vodka and I put like infused it weeks before with chili, with cannabis, with uh, lemon, with ginger, made different flavors of vodka and offered these shots for sale to people. Um, a few hot knives. Um, and Mm -hmm. then uh, um, yeah, I did that and. It was amazing. I called it called it a Cafe Salam, and we started Crew Salam there. And then we got we met some people who are still very dear to me. The one guy Nick, um, lovely lovely guy. Um, Yeah, met Nick and a few others who had a big sound system and a stage at a festival. Frequency in Portugal, and their bar had dropped out, and they offered me to come and run it because they enjoyed hanging out in my space. So. With the people that i just met and some of my friends we went over to portugal and that's when i got odin as well and we formed Crusalam. so uh we did this bar there and it went great and from there it just like went on and then mm-hmm. eventually i built a circus tent and then i got my friend uh christina um my uh <clears throat> sorry uh, my ex peggy sue uh one of my other best mates jake Um, there's a a big group of us Ali uh, yeah like basically a huge a big crew who started doing the festivals and then that just grew and we would get we would um, uh, our friends uh, Dean and Danny would come along Chris would came like part of it like just like so many people I'm not gonna sorry if you're listening and you want me to shout your name out but there's just like so many people that are so special Um, and we would go to festivals we'd have a stage we got a custom built pizza oven um, uh, made for us we would uh scavenge wood and pallets from nearby areas and build like props and stages and make it this whole thing i put bands in and yeah it was a fucking amazing experience we were the we were the best stage at every single <laughs> festival that we ever did hands down i i mean it's just a fact you know like, i mean it's not, not yeah it's not deba- <laughs> yeah we yeah we rocked it um awesome uh
1: how long did that go on for when did it start when did it when was the last festival
0: five years i think it went on for
1: five years every every
0: summer every year every summer yep we did uh festivals in portugal spain france uk netherlands langevel raucord was one of the first ones did actually
1: so how many festivals did you do then do you know
0: how many i can't i can't yeah it's just a lot a lot of festivals it's stressful you know because it was like (laughs) not making money we're just because it just costs money and every time you get a bit like you reinvest it to buy more equipment and you know any, anyone who's involved in the events industry mm-hmm. knows that like unless you unless you're like Live Nation and you're just like yeah. churning out tickets and making like millions like mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a struggle you know hats you're doing off it to anyone you love
1: it not cuz you're trying to make money I fucking love it Yeah. And,
0: you know, get getting getting off your tits in a field with your mates <laughs> listening to music rocking on the stage jumping around watching fire shows and circus performers and seeing people come together and yeah. just like unity for for that weekend and like the connections that are built it's just magical you yeah. know it's like it's so primal as well you know it's mm, like a throwback mm-hmm. to what i can imagine you know it could have been when Old two gatherings. villages met yeah. a thousand years ago you know and had a big uh, summer feast
1: together oh that's an interesting perspective on it nice. thanks Um, (laughs) next, I would like you to wrap one specific bar that means a lot to you and then explain why it means so much to you. Take a minute to think about it. Just like, like, don't think too much about it, but just think about, you know, specific bars that mean a lot to you and have for a long time and pick one out of the many, wrap it and then say why you love it so much. For anyone listening that doesn't oh know, God. Ash is obsessed with UK hip hop. Fuck,
0: this is I was not <laughs> expecting this. This is a difficult question. Yeah. Cuz like now you put me in the spot I want to like do something like really fast and really cool but if, but something that actually something means
1: something that's meaningful to you.
0: Um let me just check <laughs> on my um my list of uh, list of bars. Uh, what do you have a list of bars that well, are, like I've specific just got, bars that you I've just got like hundreds and hundreds that I've written. Um
1: Oh, this bar could be one that you wrote or it could be one written by someone else. It could be any bar
0: Oh, if I'm gonna wrap it, it's gotta be my it's own. It's gotta be your yeah, own. Yeah, it has to be. Fair play um, I guess it's probably the lyrics uh, Okay, I'll try and wrap this. This is for one of my songs it Just means a lot for my personal opinions, I guess yeah, I'm feeling lost globally Feed me to the ocean, spread the words that I'm nobody nobly. I face the music but they're groping me Grasping at my neck, I can't defend myself vocally Not home but free, in this space we call the ether Grounded like a hog, the track is stuck in a repeater Frozen as I'm flying, someone passed me up a heater Bleeding out the walls, of conscience trapped in a deep freezer Don't you see her? She stared at us openly, the choking brittle bones The poisons that we take and make us start to float at sea See the broken trees, see the mother's nation Cloaking, smoking, things we call the Necessity were overly producing to the wallets, versus obesity. We're over keen. It's how we tell it to the children. Seldom bottled future, like the universe, has killed them. Blame it on the past. I can't accept that how it's still done. It's not too late to fix our flaws together. We rebuild them.
1: Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> As in one bar, I was not expecting that. <laughs> wow, I want to break down some of the. Some yeah.
0: Of them yeah okay yeah so it's um, so that from, was
1: like a, so what what song is that from from
0: swarm, swarm of flies swarm
1: of flies that's on ash's album he has a solo album for yeah. anyone that doesn't know
0: and that song was featuring um my ex-girlfriend peggy sue and uh mm-hmm. my very very good friend hayley uh yeah someone who i miss and i love miss a lot um Aww. and yeah that song just like i wrote that at the time of when it was really the peak of the migrant crisis of, of, of when the syrian war was just kicking off and mm-hmm. we were just seeing such hate in the news about these people that were just like leaving their homes um that had been destroyed and just looking for somewhere and it just and it got me really thinking about how that yeah how the media kind of portray the people at the bottom uh, as the enemies when it's the people at the top yeah. that are often the ones causing the problem and how uh, all of these things, what we're blaming these people for these things, when we're just like, we're kind of like, we're, we're stuck in a loop, um, and we're just destroying everything around us, whilst we, whilst we're bl- blaming everybody else instead mm-hmm. of like looking to ourselves and realizing like, fuck, like we need to come together and do stuff rather yeah. than turn against other people. Create more divide. Um, yeah. Yeah, and just say it, it, you know it kind of addresses a number of things that I I feel you know strongly about. You know, we mm. do overproduce to, uh, to the point you know we're we're just like producing and producing and you know things attitudes are changing now, but like yeah. you know we are we're, we're a disposable culture where we just get these things we just throw them away, you know, plastic straws and like just just shit that just mm-hmm. we don't need to be using and then we just keep blaming it on things from the past. And other like, oh, they're doing it wrong. It's them, it's their fault. It's because of this. When really like we've just got to accept our own flaws and then accountability rather accept than our point flaws. fingers. Yeah, together we rebuild them. <laughs>
1: Lovely, beautiful.
0: Wow. Beautiful. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs>
1: um What is a tip that you would like to share with anyone wanting to start their own business? Do it. Do it.
0: That's like the main thing. It's just like <laughs> just fucking do it. it. <laughs> um, Anyone starting their own business, yeah. Like, obviously, don't do it without making any plans. But if okay, well, if let's fear say someone's going to do
1: it and they know they're going to do it, but they they just want some tips on doing it. What is it? What is a tip that you think is valuable for them to know?
0: Whatever positive outcome you expect, expect the opposite minus 20 percent. so like that doesn't mean it's gonna fail that just means expect the, it to be difficult and yeah. if you think if it's easy to be like wow you know like all my friends like you know i know this from experience you know you're like oh all my friends have said they're gonna buy my cd or yeah. buy my product or whatever Or mm-hmm. all, all my friends buy cbd oil or whatever and then like you start making it and then like no one buys it or maybe just your friends buy it mm-hmm. and then you're like fuck yeah. i thought everyone you know build it and they come but that's not necessarily the case it's like yeah build it and, and prepare to like drag them there you know and make mm. them make them come to it
1: yeah and don't go in with the expectation of your friends supporting you even though your friends should support you and lots of them yeah. well don't use it as a basis
0: so on, i want to sh- say something on that yeah. actually like um yeah. this is to all the people who aren't starting their own business or musicians but have friends that are mm-hmm. don't ask for discounts don't yeah. ask for mates rates Never. don't like f- like like Buy your friend's CD, buy their mixtape, mm. buy their clothes. Their, if they've got a soap company, buy their soap, buy their CVD price. products. And pay full fucking pay full price, price for it. You don't go into Tesco's and ask for a 20% discount. Well, and Tesco's make different. millions and millions. Well, the, the, I mean, like, the companies that people are happy to spend mm. the full money on, they make yeah. huge amounts of money. Yeah. Small businesses aren't, fr- you know, you d- want when your friend is a builder and he's going to, of course, you don't want him to rip you off. And you say, do the best rate mm-hmm. possible in the sense of, yeah, don't Fair con rate. me but like you don't expect would you do whatever you do for a living and do it for free well the answer is no like you know so just try and help and support people if you can afford to
1: well what i mean that like what what i say what i mean when i say that it's different is like if your friend is working at tesco's and they ask um they offer you a discount it's not bad to take that discount but oh, if they're like an artist yeah that's why I, I mean saying like asking tesco for a discount yeah. you wouldn't
0: go to tesco's and be like oh can i get like 20 yeah off, mate? yeah
1: yeah but if you've got a friend that you know does art or mm-hmm. gives a service always pay full price support art support, yes. art support small businesses support your friends mm-hmm. so important yeah it's a really good message um have to wrap this up yeah soon. How, how many more questions can i ask you two more two more uh when someone uses the word magic what comes to mind
0: wow what comes to mind with the word that's quite a good question Mm -hmm. when someone uses the word magic Mm -hmm. the instant thing that comes to mind is a magician magician. pulling a rabbit out of a hat (laughs) i think you know or like someone like david blaine doing some uh what are they called like a mentalist you know Mm -hmm. um that's the first thing that comes to mind really um i mean if i think about it uh, really i would say like esoteric practices paganism Mm -hmm. wicca um yeah. Uh, also, what comes to mind often is con artists. If I if I think about analyzing magic, I think mm-hmm. of people like either trick fooling themselves or or fooling other people.
1: Mm-hmm. So like, that's what you think of when other people use or when you hear the word ma- magic. But how do you use the word magic? What do you consider magic? Something to, special. Something special. I'd say
0: like a special moment. You know, mm-hmm. like that's magic. Something that can't be recreated like a moment that is unique and Mm. unplanned is often magic Mm. which i guess explains like magic because it's you know magic from a wizard is something that you can't explain yeah
1: yeah Yeah. okay so one more question Mm -hmm. one more question okay um if you had one message that could reach every person on earth right now somehow like i don't know how that would work but if you could say something and everyone would hear it right now what would that message be
0: be open to change open your mind and just be willing to change everybody has a different perspective Mm -hmm. and there is not a right and wrong perspective Mm -hmm. i've spent most of my life fixed being one way Mm-hmm. i've I, you know i've been i thought always that the left wing was was right for example and i just refuse to hear sides of the right wing or mm. i would hear it and just hear it for the sake of being ready to fire back arguments yeah. instead of listening
1: listening to respond not the to so, understand
0: but now i'm like open to change and i realize that there's correct things on you know, the left isn't just right obviously i don't believe the right is just right mm. i believe that there were there were right things on most not mm. every but most size of the spectrum mm-hmm. so i think that's the most important thing for us to change come together is is to ex- yeah. op- be open to change
1: and expand perspectives yeah mm-hmm. well that comes with that yeah you know, it all comes with yeah.
0: it and that you know that really really will make the world a better place yeah thank it's you really very good much
1: answer. Uh, i have one more thing to say okay. to end it um I thought an interesting thing to do instead of me asking you a question to end it off with is that you would ask a question to anyone listening and then um, answer the question first. Like ask the question, answer it. And then anyone that's listening that would like to answer, they can comment or reach out to you with the answer. And you can just share perspectives on one question so think about a question that you want to ask anyone listening right now
0: i'm just gonna add to this this is completely off the cuff there's a there's one edit in the middle where the microphone cut out yeah um so you'll see a little glitch you know like 10 minutes ago but apart from that i have no idea about any of these questions so yeah i wrote them um, all last
1: night before i went to bed (laughs) (laughs) i didn't see any of them
0: so the question is what would i okay
1: yeah and you have to answer it as well Just to kind of create discussion and interaction with...
0: Should I not answer it though? Shouldn't it be better to see... So I don't give a bias?
1: You could ask the question and then the next podcast you could... Take some really interesting ones maybe and then answer it yourself if you want.
0: Answer it in the next one. Yeah. Maybe I could open the next one with an answer if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Not the next podcast but the next time we do this if we do another... Yeah, if you guys like it let
1: us know because I I literally only brought out like... A third of the questions I have. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, so... My question is, what one thing really makes you the happiest in life? That's what one, one thing, thing really makes you the happiest. If you can choose one thing. Mm. It doesn't mean you've got to get rid of everything else, but just what is the thing you'd say that makes you the happiest in life?
1: It's a big question.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you if you listen to the end. Um, this has been very, very exciting and interesting. <laughs> I've really enjoyed this. Nice. Um, Me too. We will have. Uh, we'll be back. This is a fill-in for not doing an episode, but we'll be back. So uh, thank you and keep tuning
1: in, and supporting Shifty Perspective. I love you guys.